Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sipinski. Uh, I've gotten some very nice notes and very nice comments about the past few shows where I have been recording um, my life in different times of the day and different places. And I appreciate all your comments. Keep them coming. And I think I actually thank you again later in the program. So let's get started. I, um, again, recorded a few different times of my life day to day this week. And I believe the first one is me. Well, you know, I don't even remember what it is. I think I'm walking to the store to buy food. Pretty sure. But um, here we go. I'm getting off and pushing play. Enjoy. This is some of the more annoying parts of living in a yeshuv. This is the nursery, we call it the Puton. It's right next to my house. So yeah, they seem to think blasting music for little toddlers is healthy. I find it annoying, <laughs> what can I do? And um, walking to the store, I don't think I've told you the beauty of a yeshuv and having a little market right there. It's literally down the hill from my house I mean, hardly a hill, I mean, a two-minute walk, um, you know, really close. And we walk down the hill, and the path is right there, and we're at the store. And um, maybe I did talk about this on other shows. You can hear now, what is that? Wow, someone's cutting, we have one area of grass, and they're actually, it seems like they're cutting it. So sorry about the noise. Um... Yeah, to go to the store here is very easy, and it's very close, and it's walkable, and you can just give your number. They have accounts for every family, and you give your number. So the children don't really have any responsibility or any sense of money, <laughs> and the adults kind of don't have that sense either because they're so used to just giving a number. And then at the end of the month, or whenever you get to a certain amount, the store will tell you, you got to pay, you got to pay this amount. Um, kind of like when I was growing up and my parents would drop me off at camp for two weeks and there'd be a little canteen, they called it, and they'd also leave an amount of money there so I could buy candy and gum and stuff for those two weeks. Same idea. Um, and it's very easy to live that way. It's very nice to live that way. You don't need to carry a purse. As a matter of fact, nobody here carries a purse. And when you see someone carrying a purse, you know they're from out of town. We had a family here years ago and this lady pushed a stroller and carried a purse and I said to her what are you doing you need a purse here it was fun they didn't last they they let they lived here for maybe three years but yeah it's really kind of like um, living in a summer camp all year round you know it's like a permanent summer camp in that sense um, there are other things that have been floating through my mind that I'll share with you but before I go on I want to thank you for writing in so many of you have written in telling me that you enjoy the new format and it feels like you're living here with me. And I'm really happy to hear that. I, you know, find it kind of 
challenging to come up with things to talk about, and I don't want you to get tired of listening to these sounds, the same ones over and over. I don't get tired of living in these sounds um, every day, but some people might find it boring and repetitive. I will try to give you snapshots of my life in, in different places and different times, but really my life kind of follows a pattern and I like it. Um, maybe some of you do too. All right, I'll, I'll continue. Now I'm in the store getting vegetables. Oh yeah, very entertaining here. They blast the music, it's awesome. <laughs> this is our culture in Susia. You can get everything here, our store is amazing. We certainly have, I think, the biggest selection um, in any issue because we have local products. We have a goat farm, so we have all the goat products, the goat yogurts and milks. And we also have the um, organic wheat farm that I walk the dog by every morning with the goats. And so we have all that organic flour, all different kinds, all different percentages of whole wheat. It's awesome. I just left the house and now I'm going to the Yajnia, the secondhand store, because someone called me about an hour ago from a yeshuv nearby, Yisrael, she wanted to go in, and I happened to be around, so I opened for her, let her shop with her daughter, and now I'm going to meet her, she's going to pay, and go. So this is like my life, jumping around from place to place throughout the yeshuv. I mean, I really don't need to leave. In be when I, after I dropped her off at the store, I went to the shopping market, I played that for you. I bought, you know, fresh vegetables and stuff. Um, and then I did went home and I did some dishes, and she called me already. And also, during that time, I went and picked up a, um, I went to a gamach, which there are a few around here, because my husband and I are going away for Shabbat, and I, where we're going, they don't have a mecham, a, you know, a hot water um, kettle that stays on all Shabbat. So I found a place in Susia. Some woman has a, um, like a storage unit, and in there you can borrow things. So I did that in between also. I mean, there's a lot to do, you know, <laughs> and you don't need to leave. Okay, so that lady paid, she bought a ton of stuff. I'm so happy, that's so great. Um, even like some pregnancy clothes. That's just great. I'm so glad when people find us and, you know, and they need us. Um, it's, it's so fulfilling to be part of a, um, a project that helps. You know, that helps, that gives. We're actually um, getting complaints about how the place isn't so nice and we're looking at prices to redo it. And uh, this one of our women, I have like a little group of women helping, um, got prices and one of them's really high and it's like including fixing up the bathrooms and all this stuff. And she actually went to the yeshuv and asked if, you know, we should get a loan from them. And then she said to me, we can borrow money from the yeshuv and then we'd pay them back. How much can we pay them back a month? I was like, look, we're not a business and the yeshuv isn't a bank. We are operating this to give. It's a charity, not to take. So we have a small donation and we'll do something. So I just walked from the store to my office and um, here I go onto the computer.
so funny. Um, earlier this week, I got a flat tire. I got it actually pulling into the parking lot of our um, big supermarket, which is like 11 minutes away. It's towards Beersheba. It's in Harkavron. And um, they have this um, entry, which is very, very narrow. And it's almost like they have the same type of thing at every checkpoint and the airport and any um, of these places where you have to pay. Your tires are going to be ripped apart if you go the wrong direction. Those little teeth are in the ground, the little metal teeth. So when you go in, there are actually no metal teeth. But when you depart and leave the store, there are those metal teeth. And there's only the double line in between. So I drove in and I was so, I was just so tired. I went shopping with my son at the end of the day and he had been on a trip and I hadn't seen him for a day or two. And I'd been guarding all day. I was just so tired, but I went anyway. And yeah, we were low on food and our store was only open until seven. And you know, the prices are a little cheaper there. And he wanted to go with me on a car ride. I get it. I get it. He doesn't have to, you know, spell it out. I want to be with you, you know, by myself for a little bit. I, I know he says shopping, but I know he wants to be with me. That's okay. So um, I drove in and I turned my wheel too far to the left, like a little bit um, too early, okay, like aiming for a parking spot. And I ripped my left back tire. And I didn't know there was music in the car. I didn't know. I parked the car and some little boy came knocking on my window and he told me, thank goodness. And uh, I actually called my husband, Jordan, and he was great. And um, he came in like 20 minutes and fixed the tire. And we all learned how to change a tire. This is not my first time getting a flat tire. But it was my son's first time getting a flat tire. And I wanted him to learn and to watch. And it, you know, he wanted to go shopping. But I was like, no, we're going to watch Daddy. And you're going to help him if you need to. And I had a spare, and it was fine. Um, and then we went shopping for a little bit and came home. And we were lucky. We were close. It wasn't far. We were in a safe place. And uh, it was fine. Very lucky. Um, Baruch Hashem. When things like that happen, I know God is totally looking out for me. Give me a flat tire in a parking lot. Amazing. Thank you. Ten minutes from the house. Thank you, please. You know, these are the kind of problems I want. Um, but uh, the spare tire is really quite low. Very low. Um, and it's a good thing we were close. And here's why I'm telling you this story. There is a yeshiva in Susia with maybe 180 students, and it's very, very successful. It's very well run. Um, a lot of people in Susia work there, and people outside of Susia work there. And one person they have working there is the man who handles vehicles. And he lives in Kirat Arba. He's Russian. And his name is Gregory. And I was introduced to him by the director of the yeshiva years ago when I asked him, I guess, for help with my car or how to buy a car or something, but everybody in the issue uses this guy to fix their cars, to buy cars, to sell cars. It's great. And he's honest and he's hardworking and um, experienced. Um, the only thing I don't love is he works with the Arabs, but um, he will actually take my car and then do the test for me, or he'll take the car and get whatever I need done, done and check it out and um it's just great so i knew he would handle it so i actually called him when this happened took a picture of it called him told him he said okay tomorrow i'll come by and i'll check it out and, and see what we need to do and now he's um fixing the tire right now and giving i, I bought from him um 
not only a new tire, but also a used tire. So I have a spare and a used tire. So if this ever happens again, I have another tire. But um, this probably happens in every Jewish community. I bet it does. I, you know, but I appreciate that it happens here. And it doesn't just happen. Nothing happens. People here work together. They're very communicative. They're very helpful and hardworking. You know, people do work hard. Not everybody. Just like not everybody's honest. But you find the good ones and you hang on to them. And there are lots of them. There really are lots of them. Okay, I'm going to talk to you now. I hope you can hear me. I'm on the bus again. It's Friday. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I finished working at 1.30 at the pool and hopped on a bus at 2.40. I'm taking it to Beersheba, the university. My husband is there working. And together we're going to Ashdod for Shabbat. I rented an Airbnb for Shabbat, just the two of us. And my kids have Shabbat on their own. Now that is the reason I'm telling you this, is that is another great part of living in Israel. And I guess you can do this in America, I guess so. But here, you're so close to all these different places. So we're gonna be on a little guest house on the beach. Um, it's an hour ride on the bus for me to Beersheba and then another hour in the car. So it's not so bad. Um, and on Friday afternoons, there's like no traffic, none. Everyone's getting ready for Shabbat, everyone's off the road. So I packed actually food for us. Um, I sent with him a hot plate and a mecham, a hot water, um, hot water, I don't know what you call it, the hot water kettle, I guess, that, you know, runs automatically. And I think I was telling you that I was borrowing this stuff the other day. Um, so he's there with that, and I have a bag of food, and I cooked a little bit, and we'll just manage, and I have my clothes, and um, it should be nice. But these are things, I, I don't think we would do this if we were in the States. Um, I think, I, know, I just know that weekend traffic, going to the beach where I used to live, is horrible. It's really bad. Um, here, I guess, the bus kind of eliminates part of the travel problem. And also, now that our children are older, we don't have to worry about them. I would never do this with small kids, ever. But my kids are doing Shabbat on their own. They can handle it. And, um, and they're safe, and they're fine. I don't have to worry. And I didn't have to do a thing. I actually asked them if I could borrow food from them. Okay, <laughs> great thing. Um, I actually put grape juice in a bottle. I put wine in a bottle. I took challah and uh, took some cookies that they made. So this will be fun. But, um, you know, Israel really offers these kind of, I guess, kind of like little exotic vacations, these little exotic getaways you can do, and everything's so close. It's really just, you know, a few hours. Nothing's that far. Even a lot, which is like the Miami of Israel, is a three-hour drive. It's not so bad. You don't have to fly. Not a big deal. Hi, everybody. I'm talking to you poolside. It's 8 in the morning on a Friday. I believe my um, last recording was when I was on my way last week to Ashdod for Shabbat. And that turned out to be really nice, um, except the water was full with jellyfish. So the beach was like roped off at the water's edge, all except for one part. And, um, you know, one section of like, uh, how do I explain, you know, 10 meters or something. Not so wide, but I went in bravely 
you know, and of course I saw a jellyfish and screamed like an idiot and ran out. <laughs> but it was, you know, the water also, I'll tell you in Israel, uh, if any of you have not been here out to the beaches, the water in the Mediterranean is warm. It's like not cool and refreshing like the Atlantic Ocean. So it's kind of yuck. Um, but it's wet, you know. It is wet. And there are showers on the beach, and the beaches are great. You know, tons of sand and everything, and they have equipment and gym equipment. And it's it's really, uh, it's funny. Huge lifeguard stations here also. It's not like a chair. It's like the whole wooden house up high up. It's, it's, uh, it's very, very elaborate. But um, we had a good time. We stayed at this, uh, it was like a little wooden um apartment that these people had built almost on top of their house and uh it was nice and it was restful and i needed it i needed the i needed the rest and i slept a lot and the kids uh were fine didn't uh, need anything and ashdod is um you know it's a beach town i mean after shabbat the the place is just hopping i mean bars are full restaurants are full people spilling out onto the street everyone dressed up and it was the night before the Tzom, the fast, beginning the three weeks. I think it's called the 17th of Tammuz in English. And um, so maybe, you know, it's a pretty religious city, a lot of French Jews. So, you know, tons of restaurants, tons of kosher restaurants, steakhouses, ribs, all this type of thing. Um, religious people everywhere, non-religious people everywhere, just a, a great mixed city, really, really cool Mediterranean city. If any of you have never gone there, I, I, I really do recommend it. You know, I don't know anybody there, but this is my third time there because I like it so much. Um, it's just not as crowded as Tel Aviv. It's closer to us. It's cheaper. It's more accessible. You know, you can just like, I'm telling you, we rented a house. It was like you, you just walked right on the beach. It was not on the beach we had to cross the the road but you see the beach from your window and you're right there you know and it wasn't that much money and it was a private house and you know there's still like you know undeveloped lots and stuff you know it's not like everything is built up almost to get in there but i think there are you know two hotels in the entire city um and they're at opposite ends and i prefer an airbnb what I um, what I do have to say that was not great is when we got back, I got sick and I got a fever and I was um, sick for two days. But I'm fine now and I, this is why I'm telling you this is yesterday in the pool there was a group of, um, what do you, I, I, I know there's a different word that's used today, but the, there were handicapped teenagers a group of them at the pool and um it was uh it's pretty jarring to see full-grown teenagers in bikinis and stuff in wheelchairs you know having to be carried into the water with the straps and everything and two assistants per person and it was um it's, it's hard to see that and uh, having just recovered from like a fever, you know, where I was like dizzy and had a headache and I couldn't really look right to left or move very well. 
Um, I appreciate health, you know, not enough, really not enough. But when you see people like that who were either born with um, problems and deformities or became that way because of an accident, whatever, it really makes you realize we have to be grateful for everything we have, especially our health, and we have to protect it, respect it, build it up, thank Hashem for it, and don't take it for granted. Um, and that's kind of a hard thing to do day in and day out when we're busy doing a million things and worrying about so many other things. Um, if you don't have health, you really don't have anything. I, uh, I really realize this and it sounds maybe silly to some of you, but I don't get sick. I really don't get sick often. Um, so not being able to, to look with my eyes to the right and to the left and uh, not being able to do that is, is you know, kind of hard. And I, I wasn't not able to turn around to look behind you because it hurts too much. So that is debilitating, actually. And um, I took, and I do take my everyday health for granted. I'm a very fast, you know, dishwasher, you know, when I'm in the kitchen, I'm scrubbing and I'm moving from sink to sink, from dish to dish, from glass to glass. And I'm real fast and I'm talking to people and I'm, you know, running back and forth to the refrigerator and back and forth to the trash can and to the counters. And like, I, you can't do that when you're sick. And you certainly can't do that when you can't walk. Um, and that's just like a normal part of my life. And I didn't ever stop to think that that was um, a benefit or a privilege. And there's so many times that, um, you know, we think of the hard parts of life and the struggles and the challenges and and complaints and the, the jealousy and why can't he be more like this? Why can't he do this? Why can't they do more? Why can't my kids take out the trash? You know, why can't uh, someone walk the dog? Um, and uh, it's a bad way to think. You gotta, you gotta thank Hashem, thank God for strength that we do have, and thank. And, and tell our children and our spouses to thank God that we have the strength to do these things. Um, kids stay lazy. They're just really lazy. I, I see my own children, despite all the good things they do with their trips and their this and their that, because that's practically the summer here, you know, going on trips. They're up, they're up there again. Everyone's up north. Don't know, you know, when they're getting back. The north. Up north means at the Kinneret. So I have like two kids up there. Don't know when they left, don't know when they're coming back exactly. Um, can't really keep track. They all kind of drop in around Shabbat. So they're probably kids in their beds right now that I came in last night that I don't even, I don't really don't know. Um, they're, but they're lazy. You know, they put all their effort into their trips and their itinerary and their this and their that, but they're lazy. They, they really are. And uh, I don't know if it's my fault, if it's society's fault. I take part of the blame, of course. But, you know, I'm not lazy. I don't like 
I don't expect people to make food for me. I don't expect people to make to do dishes for me. I don't, you know, finish eating and then just leave my plate out. It's ridiculous. So I, uh, I get very frustrated with things like that. And um, I know that's not the most inspiring thing, but these are day-to-day realities of life anywhere. My life happens to be in Israel. And if you move here, these issues and problems don't go away. Children don't all of a sudden become Boy Scouts and perfect little soldiers that come home and tidy their room and, you know, bring mom chocolate. doesn't happen like that. Um, It just doesn't. And uh, know that. Israel is just like any other place with its struggles and its people. Some are good, some are bad. Some are lazy, some are energetic. Some are honest, some are liars. But you find some and uh, that you like. You, still, you find some good ones and you hang on to them. And you make a life for yourself. I think you could do that anywhere. I think here it's just a little more special because I think there are a lot more... People say this. I don't really get it when they say there are a lot more miracles. But um, there are. There are probably because so much of our land here has um, not developed. It's still lying the way it's lain for, for, for thousands of years. You'll see when you come, if any of you do manage to come down to Susia, even as you just drive down, it's, it's not the Tel Aviv built up at all. It's rock and goats. You know? <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's uh, raw. I love it. Um, and when you see the Yishuvim, how they carve little villages out of these places, you just fall in love with it, you know? You're like, I just, I, I, you, you like gravitate to it. I just love it here. I do. Um, even when I take a little excursion, a little, you know, getaway to Shabbat, to Ashdod, a very built-up city, um, I do love coming home. I do. One more thing I want to mention. A good thing that happened this week after I got back, after I was sick. Um, some woman asked me to open the Yajnia for her, the secondhand store. This happens all the time. People can't come during the normal hours, so they call me or one of the other women to open for them. So I went, and this woman um, is the wife of the uh, goat herd. I guess you can call it a goat farm, but it's really a herd of goats. And she lives on the hill that uh, Susia recently established, and that we put two houses up there. And um, she and her husband and family came from another yeshuv, and they actually took a, another hill. And the civil administration, the army, kicked them off, said they were too close to the Arabs, from what I understand, and uh, moved them. So they're on the hill with the other two houses. And I am going to have my son's bar mitzvah there um, right after Sukkot, October 28th. Any of you who are listening, you're invited. Um, October 28th and 29th, Parshat Noach. And I uh, spoke to someone who has helped build things up there, who's like kind of in charge of that project. He said, yeah, you can do the bar mitzvah there, great. And I even asked if I could do a kiddush, and he said, absolutely. Um, and I asked if there was a Torah up there. He said, no, but we'll get one from the Yishuv. So I am so excited. But that's not 
it. That's not all. When I was speaking to her, I told her this, and she asked me, because um, she lives there, she asked me, where are you going to have it exactly? Because it's a hill, okay? It's a hilltop with two small houses and a, and a goat herd and, like, a truck, okay? I think they live in, um, they live in a truck on wheels. There's a name for that, but I forget what it is. So I said to her, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get a tour up there. She said, oh, well, you know, I'm building an Ohel. An Ohel is a, um, an Ohel's a, a tent. But it's more like a permanent structure type of tent. Almost like an event can happen inside of a tent. Like a, not like a teepee, but like a dome teepee. Anyway, it, it, I, don't, I don't know a better translation, but um, she said, I'm building one. So you can have it. So I'm so excited. So now we're going to have a place with shade and there'll be chairs and we can do a meal up there and a kiddish and I am psyched. And, you know, for those of you listening, you might think uh, bar mitzvah on a hill with goats in a tent is not nice, but I think it's going to be awesome. And uh, my mom's coming and yeah, it's a bit of a walk, 20 minute walk. But she can do it. I know she can do it. I'll do it with her, slowly if we need to. All my kids' friends will come. Um, as many families from the Yeshuv that can come will come, that decide to come. It will be awesome. It'll be Friday night under the stars and Shabbat next to the goats. It'll be amazing. I'm so excited. So that was uh, great news. And um, I guess that's it. So thank you all for listening. I, I just actually got a nice email from Tamar. Sending more positive feedback to our programming and mentioning me in, in, in particular, which is nice to see. So keep it coming and please keep sending in your questions. I actually did get a very interesting comment this week. Some, someone listening, a listener who is actually here in Israel, made Aliyah and looking to live up north in the Shomron. And I, I hooked him up with somebody to help him find an apartment. Um, so yeah, use me. I'm here to help in any way I can. And I may not give you the most uh, polite answer or the sugar-coated answer, but I will tell you the truth. And um, I think that's the best. So have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening. And Shalom. love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page, and don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. 
advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 